I wake up in the shelter at Chairback Gap, far less blissful than my name suggests. Too much rain, too much cold, too much sameness. The hiking is absolutely brutal. It's rocky, it's rooty, it's wet, it's muddy, it's relentless. The birds talk to me, but most of the time I'm just focused on remaining upright. This is the 100-mile wilderness section of the Appalachian Trail, taking me from Baxter State Park in Maine, where Mount Katahdin is, into the town of Monson. There are plenty of old men on trail, but fewer of us old ladies, looking kind of frumpy and flailing along. Oh my God, I'm tired. I'm sore. Ready to get to Monson. Ready to stop. And I do stop for a second and just begin to cry. I am crying so much on the Appalachian Trail. Just then, the Sibs, Addie and Kaylee, cruise by, clean, rested, happy. They tell me that my watery eyes look beautiful and ask if they can take my picture. (laughs) Okay, why is it that just when you need a boost, someone or something shows up to give it to you? You're listening to Blissful Hiker Podcast. I'm Allison Young, the solo, female, middle-aged, titanium-reinforced, long-distance backpacker, Blissful Hiker. This podcast is a series of personal essays that I call audio narratives. They couple storytelling, found sound, and flute playing, and I explore a journey of self-discovery where I share the sometimes unglamorous but vital truth about empowerment— Empowerment as badass people, we do not need permission to blaze our own trails in this journey we call life. If you enjoy these podcasts, you can support them through Patreon. There's a link in the show notes or at blissfulhikerpodcast.com. It's season five, and I've been taking you on a southbound hike of the Appalachian Trail. We're in Maine, and it's one of the hardest seasons that they've had in memory, with drenching rain. After the sibs fly past me, I continue walking on this rocky, slippery trail and come to the remains of a plane crash. What happened here? It really spooks me out. But I should tell you that I do learn later that everyone in this plane crash survived. Still, it's kind of creepy up here. My map tells me that I'm going to be crossing a bunch of mountains before I reach a mountain bog. It's marked as if this mountain bog is something unusual. I mean, right now we're in a lot of bogs. Mud, damp, wet, tiny sunken logs that are supposed to be walked like bridges across one bog after another. So what's so great about this mountain bog? It's not really steep now as I go up to each little mountain. It's just rocky and hard walking, and there's not a single view, even when the thick trees open to a foggy clearing. I cross first, second, third mountain, and a bunch of ledges, and all I can do is pretty much cross them. Before I get to fourth mountain, I circle around and suddenly see something opening in the mist. It's not to far-off lakes thousands of feet below. It's just a flat clearing in the forest. 
A helpful sign tells me this is Fourth Mountain Bog. Okay, I guess I'm here. I'm at the mountain bog. The bog is wet, and it's getting wetter by the minute as raindrops leave expanding rings. A beaten-up boardwalk guides me through, and suddenly I'm walking on something flat. A white-throated sparrow welcomes me, its mournful three-note descent repeated over and over. Hi there. The trail notes tell me not to disturb the fragile ecosystem and to stay on the boardwalk. And along the boardwalk, I see pitcher plants with deep maroon veins crawling up their sides and mouths popped open expectantly with their fat lipsticked lips. These fragile plants look just fine and well-fed by the plethora of bugs living in this magical place. The rain is light, so I linger a little bit, breathing in the fresh air, only slightly musty with decay. Ah, it's beautiful in here. Peaceful, quiet, alive. I needed this wee spot to prepare me for my final series of mountains. Again, my trail notes indicate great places for photos coming up, and misty lakes do begin to appear far below, embraced in tight green forest. I walk on and skip Cloud Pond and its lean-to, then climb steeply with my hands to Barren Mountain, my final one today. At the top, a partially disassembled fire tower remains, with no way to the top. I snap a few pictures of it, but there's no sense in lingering without sun or a dry patch to sit on. I'm cold wearing all of my gear, two wool shirts, a coat, and a raincoat, plus hat and gloves. And then... I can't figure out how to descend. Surely they don't expect me to just slide down these steep rocks. Oh, yes, they do, as white blazes attest. Do not fall, I tell myself. Slow, steady, careful. My body hurts with each jolt, but I descend well and reach ledges with a view out to Lake Onawa. And that's where Shu catches me up. <laughs> and he takes my picture. Oh my god, I'm smiling, but I look very beat up and very wet. Still, I think to myself, how about that? The sibs met me when I was crying. The mountain bog enchanted me when I was ready to give up. And Shu's arrives just when I need someone to go first down the worst descent of my entire hiking career. It's steep, it's slippery, it's uneven, and I have to use my hands. Shoes goes down well, and he makes it go fast, since we talk the entire way, catching just a few views on ledges before more and more and more down. Shoes got his trail name because he walks without shoes, in bare feet, and without trekking poles. <laughs> it's unbelievable and he still moves well. Though he does tell me that he's hating this descent, too. The vegetation begins to change as we enter the forest, and I know that all of this descent is going to end soon. How on earth did it get so late, I wonder? I left at daybreak, and it's already five o'clock. Our plan for tonight is at a shelter four miles away, 
but that also means crossing Long Pond Stream. And this is the stream that we've been warned about the entire way by people coming north. It's in flood, and it's dangerous as can be. But my map tells me that there's actually a lean-to just before the stream. And I decide I'm going to stay here. And Shoes agrees it's enough for today. People often ask me how many miles I walk on trail in a day. (laughs) And I try to explain that here in Maine, on these steep, rocky, slippery mountains in awful conditions, one mile feels more like three or maybe even five. And to think that I walked 14 miles today is really something. I guess I can feel proud of it, even stopping in an unplanned shelter. The rain isn't letting up as we eat and quickly crawl into our sleeping quilts. As darkness falls, I suggest that we make room in case other people show up. I sort of doubt it'll happen in this awfulness, but if they do, we want to be sure they can get out of the rain fast. I'm rested, I'm warm, I'm dry, and the rain is just bucketing down. I fall asleep quickly. My body is tired. Suddenly, at 10 o'clock, a bright light flashes right into my eyes. What are you doing? Two northbounders emerge from the woods and climb up into the shelter. I'm absolutely pissed and shaking with anger. I mean, there's no way to simply fall back asleep right now even when they apologize over and over for waking us up. I remind them to use their red light on their headlamp so we're not blinded every time they turn our way. And again, they apologize. And then they explain to us that they were late because they got lost. Really? They tell us that they got lost because they had to avoid the high water and took another route. I mentioned that Long Pond is dangerous now in high water, but I hadn't realized that that meant that it was safer to take a detour. Apparently, they were given directions for this detour in Monson, and then took some wrong turns. I still wonder if maybe they left too late, and that's why they were here so late. I mean, it doesn't make sense that they'd be lost for that long. But my ears perk up when they talk about the reroute, and I tell them they need to give us those directions, too. Fortunately, I loaded a more comprehensive map onto my phone, and I can see all of the alternate routes in the Appalachian Trail, and I can follow along as they give us the directions to exactly which trail they took to get here and avoid Long Pond Stream. I feel better now, better that Shoes and I didn't attempt to cross Long Pond Stream when we were tired at the end of the day, and I feel better that we know the reroute now for tomorrow. But I can't help but wonder what happened to the Sibs. These two northbounders tell us they never saw them, so the Sibs must have crossed the stream. I hope to God they're okay, and that Shoes and I are okay too. But I need to fall asleep now. And again, I'm thankful that I met the Sibs earlier in the day and they boosted my spirits, and that I went through the beautiful mountain bog and met Shoes later. And I guess just a little bit that I met these two people who woke us up in the middle of the night. You can see pictures from my southbound hike of the Appalachian Trail at blissfulhikerpodcast.com. 
Blissful Hiker Podcast is on all the podcast platforms, and you can support it at Patreon. A link to Patreon is in the show notes or, again, at blissfulhikerpodcast.com. Next week, Shoes and I do take that shortcut together and arrive in Monson, where I can wash my clothes, take a hot bath, and take a rest. But also, it's in Monson, where I talk to my doctor about my cancer diagnosis. Until then, my friends, kia kaha and happy trails. <laughs>